Well, hello and welcome back to the Hilbrook School Podcast. My name is Bill Selleck. I'm Director of Technology here, and I'm here with the one. Derek Primo Silberman. The only. I am the music and uh, the Derek. some other things at the school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a funny intro. Yeah. How are you? Good. Uh, it's, you know, a crazy week of getting ready for all these different shows. Um, and yeah, lots of lots of time. Yeah. So speaking of shows, winter concert, we had some tracks mm. the kids sang along with. Yes. But those tracks that we heard were not the original tracks. Ah, yes. Uh, you're talking about the show choir. I am. Yes. Yeah, so the show choir, um, you want to know where those tracks came from? I do. And I want to know, like... How AI? Oh, how AI? Yes, okay. Helped you with the things. So there definitely was some AI that helped in that one. Um, so the show choir show is all arranged by me this year. The um, they're all popular songs, and we did have um, professional studio musicians in Los Angeles uh, track the stuff and send it over. But in the midst of all that, there's always these unknown things that occur yes as they Um, often are with middle school choirs yeah and so strange little tempo manipulations that were needed um and all sorts of things like that and so after we got all that together we actually did a recording with the choir just this week for them to continue to practice through the season and that's where the ai really jumped in um i'm a a big fan of the products from the company uh, isotope and RX-8 is their current iteration of their audio uh, manipulation software. And this is where, just to warn everybody, we're going a little bit deep down this rabbit hole. Cause this is a really cool example of yeah. how AI can impact. You're like, oh, I don't know. It feels like such a such like a trait thing to say. It'd be like, AI is changing I know, thing. Yeah, but we're using AI everywhere in the world now. Yeah. But, but in this, this one, check this yeah, story. Um, this is like one of those places like, I, I think about like what robotics have done in surgery where you can go in and they talk about like, well, now the surgeon's articulation of their cutting can have a 360 degree functional range and they can have cameras in every direction. And it's just like things that we can't perceive as humans, we're able to use AI and computers to assist us in that level. And so now in audio, we can do that. I can go in and use an AI driven uh, <clears throat> plugin that just lets me get rid of all of the plosives off of everything. So when the kids sing, pay attention, and it's way too loud, the, the AI is just like, I know what that sound is. I'm going to just soften that slightly. And it's crazy that we can do that. Um, or the fact that I just recorded the choir in a room with their track playing, and I just, again, used uh, other products by the same company to remove all of the instrumental parts. Like the Wait, so they're in a room singing yes. with the instrumental tracks. Yep. So when you hit record, the recording is of them with, with the instrumental, instrumental tracks. Part. Yep, that's right. And then you just and run then it through I, and say remove And I just tracks. run it through this little bit of software, and it says, what do you want to keep? Vocals, drums, bass, keys? Well, and I just say, I only want the vocals. And it cuts everything out as if I had multi-tracked it. Can you do this with other things? Like, I just watched the... Uh, the Thriller 40th Anniversary documentary. Oh, okay. And so we get the isolated tracks, but yeah. it was them really like on two-inch tape mm-hmm. hitting solo, and you hear oh, like yeah. the original drums, and then mm-hmm. solo, and you hear just the bass like from that two-inch tape reel, reel-to-reel tape for those playing along at home. 
this is not that. This is actually like the this software. Is, yeah, this is like, this is taking the final product, the final mix down, where everything is just making one waveform all together and being able to just tell the AI that I want you to extract the sound of just the human voices. And, and it works and it sounds and, good. And it does it. <laughs> it's crazy. Actually, last year, our birthday song yes. benefited from this software um, because there were other vocals on that birthday song, but we wanted to record our own. And mm -hmm. so I went in and did the same thing. This time it was the opposite. I zeroed out the vocals and we got ourselves a nice instrumental track of the song we wanted. And then we had our own teachers here record the vocals for it so that way it's more our hillbrook style wait so i listen to that every friday morning yep at our all school assembly where oh, we yeah. sang to every human at hillbrook mm -hmm. and that original track had vocals in it, it not did. ones about hillbrook birthday song nope <laughs> so you ran it through and said get rid of the vocals and then you're like hey jamie and vanessa let's sing over this and yep. they did and now we have our own mm -hmm. and we could theoretically this feels like a, a silly question i could do that for other songs oh fully or i could be like if we go back to thriller i, mm -hmm. like, I want to hear the bass line of billy jean oh yeah and it can it can grab the bass line totally and i can listen to just the bass line just the bass and line. it sounds it, it doesn't sound all like it, like you know like all manipulations in these ways um you need to give it some parameters there are, you know, it, it's always funny to me when it says, do you, how, what level do you want the pitch integrity? Like, why would I want less pitch integrity? Um, but yeah, there's, there's a little, sometimes I have to redo the processing a couple times to get the settings to really make it sound right. But generally, even first pass with the prefab settings, stuff is clear. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of, when we talk about the arts and AI, a lot of people jump to image generation. Yes. Right? So as of this recording in January 24, it feels like 2024 is the future. Maybe we are living in the future, Derek. I think we are. I know when I was uh, getting into, like, first grade, the idea of a world where I can sit here on a bench outside and record into a digital system <laughs> completely on a battery pack while uh, doing all these things this would have been like beyond sci-fi unfathomable yeah right? that i'm gonna send yeah. gigs of data yeah. through the air and not worry about it yeah. um yeah it does feel like the yeah. future and so um and this is one of those other places like um through quarantine i really started to see some of the places where this these ai tools were so useful and this is before like we think of dolly like the image generation before oh yeah mid journey the ai generation. yeah you know this is one of those things that and this is what i think is interesting is that some of these audio software tools they really um the companies weren't outright just saying hey everybody AI powered because I think we both know five years ago, AI powered was still kind of a questionable term. I don't know that it meant anything to anyone. Uh, yeah, it was like kids were talking about like the quality of the AI and the enemies they're fighting in a computer game. Yeah, it's like no, 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 that's an algorithm. There's yeah. there's no AI. And yeah, very specific. If this, then that. Directions. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, and so this is one of those places where um, companies like Isotope started to take their logarithms and let the ai have say <laughs> in what they're doing um and 
that was the so yeah it was in the last 10 years that these tools have really started to evolve and develop and now it's the place where for a couple hundred bucks you can go get yourself a uh, plug-in that will completely remove dis digital distortion like um we had a project during quarantine that was part of the inauguration day celebrations and we had singers from all over the country there was 150 people involved in this project who were submitting videos of themselves dancing to the choreography of this project as well as singing and most of it was recorded on phones so which sure, are look great and sound great usually. sometimes yeah exactly yeah. usually and but there's some of those people who were like in their bathroom screaming and i get a recording that was completely distorted and i was just blown away again just like isolating some of these things recordings that in 2004 i would have just said this is a, this is trash or do it again there's no way we can do anything with this i put on the uh remove distortion tool <laughs> And it works. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm hearing this beautiful, clear Irish tenor voice coming through um, when before it was just static. And it, it really kind of, it, I just remember sitting there, I had to like run into the living room and tell my wife, like, oh my God, I just fixed that, that file. It's working perfect. And she's looking at me going, wait, the one that sounded like garbage? Like, yeah, the garbage what? file is like sounding great now. It's a solo that we're going to use in the recording. Um, and so, these kinds of tools, um, they really have changed what we can think about as possible. Um, and it's not even really getting into the generative aspect of AI, because that's where we so much like chat GPT and these things where we're looking at, oh, they're generating this a text. They're generating these images. They're manipulating things in these ways. Um, but in audio, it's like we have so many different ways that we can be thinking about it. Um, well, and so I'm, I wonder how this might impact students, you know, so I, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. I'm going to give you an example, maybe yeah. younger kids, and then you can walk me through like how our, our older students might be able to do it. Uh, one of my favorite projects that Emily Hendricks, who is our tech support yeah. specialist, uh, did with first grade is they used to build a whole city out of cardboard. And okay. Yeah. Inevitably, it was about this time of year in January, that cardboard city would be left outside because it was massive and would be completely destroyed. Yeah. So it became a, a semi-digital version, mm. smaller physical thing with QR codes. And then when you scanned a QR code, two things would happen. She worked with each first grader to record a piece of music that would accompany the uh -oh. theme of that place. So mm. if you're a supermarket, right? Yeah. What music do you hear? And then also do some Foley sounds. Mm. We brought in a Foley artist who uh, who walked us through the most memorable part of that, I remember in the multi-purpose room, um, she was showing us how stormtroopers were exiting Kylo Ren's uh, landing pod mm -hmm. thing, yeah. the opening scene. And uh, and she had like shoulder pads and a helmet and a couple other random things. And we were like watching a 10 second clip and she was like shaking it in front of a microphone. And she's like, that's the sound, right? <laughs> and so we took that and then the first graders made their own Foley sounds. Mm -hmm. So remember the time I had a first grader and she figured out how to get like kind of a squeaky wheel, you know, and then just kind of clunking, clunking, clunking along the way. Yeah. And so you could do that. You could mix it. And at one point, all of those sounds got together. And mm. <laughs> it was it was a, a horrific cacophony of, you know, <laughs> 20 pieces of music yeah. and 20 sound effects together. But it was like, wow, this is the whole city. 
you know, which kind of symbolically was yeah. really interesting. So, you know, tools like that, like being able to put them in the hands of a first grader, I would imagine it's only going to get quicker, easier, and oh, let yeah. them do more complex things. Well, I, I wonder what comes to mind for you. Well, so actually, you uh, in, in talking about this concept of a soundscape, this is actually a, a thing that comes into play that there's uh, civil engineers who are thinking about this concept as well as composers. Um, I worked with a uh, composer from Mexico for a while um, where we had done this project that was uh, composing using the uh, graphical analytics of sounds in nature. And so there actually had been audio recordings obtained from the, um, what was it, the campfire that destroyed the town of uh, Paradise. Oh, wow. And there was recordings of these fires, and then those recordings were put through some analysis, and using that data, we were then composing pieces based on the fires. Wow. Um, And one of the things that this composer uh, showed me was this concept of a full soundscape. And so that's the idea of taking, like, an ambient recording of the corner of Santa Clara and Market Street in downtown San Jose and leaving your recording device out for 24 hours to record all of the sounds of the city in that location and then to compile this into a fashion where we can look at the overall waves happening. What, are the, what is the spectral analysis of downtown San Jose? Oh, Interesting. And there's actually a lot of research into how understanding this is beneficial for our mental health. That, and these are things where hopefully AI could begin to assist us in being, having better well-being in life. Is that we have a lot of evidence that as great as the leaf blower is over there, yeah. um, that, that certain frequencies in that way over and over are distressing for our subconscious. Mm-hmm. And so being aware of these things in a a health sense is really an interesting thing. And so this concept of using recordings with AI behind them to actually recognize, is this a healthy sound environment? Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Yeah. Well, and, you know, this is one of those things I think about our campus here. And... Um, I think we're pretty lucky that the worst it gets is an electric uh, leaf blower off in the distance when we definitely know there are places in this uh, just within 20 miles of us that the frequencies are so clouded on every direction um, and that with the growing knowledge that consistent sounds below 50 hertz can actually be distressing for people and same thing over a hundred over 10,000 it really makes you start to wonder, like, what are we doing to ourselves? Like, yeah. what, what is our, our overall well-being going to be if we're just constantly saturating ourselves with distressing sounds? Well, and what you're getting into that I'm going to name right here is that a lot of people think of audio and music as this, like, very specific thing. Mm. Like, seventh graders singing. But yeah. what we're actually talking about now is all of these connections. If you have that kind of as a foundation or as an expertise or even just dabbling yeah. as, you know, my seventh grade year, I did mm-hmm. this thing to be able to take that and then apply it to being a medical professional and oh yeah. well-being, looking at being a civil engineer and being able to take those mm-hmm. audio analyses and applying it in different ways. I mean, just being a composer and looking, uh, partnering like with a civil engineer and coming up with music based on that. Like there's so many 
thing you get when when you get this really interesting music plus something yes. else, right? Yeah, because vibrations and sound are just part of existence. They're just phenomenon. <laughs> and that's um and so always that whole argument of what is music? Um organized sound. Well, who, who said it's not organized in what way and all these things? And so that's one of the places where we, I always get into so many kind of uh, conversations with people about this stuff is where, what is it doing for us? What is the point of it? Cause, and actually, we just had an eighth grader say, well, what's the point of being in a musical? <laughs> well, it's different for each one of us. And that's there is no point. Yeah. Just kidding. There is. Yeah. Well, it, it's like. <laughs> It's it's infinite in both directions, right? right. This is infinitely right. useless or useful depending on who you are and what your perspective is on it. Um, and, and I just I, I had a student yesterday who had gotten some music equipment for Christmas, and I was helping him with that. And we started talking about what goes into audio. And he got this little PA and just explaining what an equalizer does. Yeah, yeah. And what that's manipulating. And then actually in this situation, I said, well, since we're talking about EQ, I'm going to show you what happens if I use this little AI robot that's going to go in here and oh. it's going to EQ this track for us. Yeah. And he was like, wait, it'll just do it? How does it hear it? And I'm like, well. <laughs> that's a complicated answer. <laughs> does it hear it? No, it's interpreted like right. the, the digital information. But yes, it's... Um, it's a very interesting thing that the AI could come back and we could tell the AI, well, I want to boost the warmth of this voice. I want to boost the brightness and the sibilance of this voice. And and it wasn't just simply like, I'm going to turn up a couple frequencies. It was actually analyzing the recording and saying, wow, this is a very low human voice. And I can tell that the frequency range of the consonants are around here. And this one's really sticking out and I'm going to balance and after we looked at it, it's like, well, the AI just did like three hours of work for us in 15 seconds, didn't there it? it? Is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and if we look at trying to make audio production specifically more accessible to students, there used to be a steep learning curve. And oh, Hours yeah. and years, I mean, decades of expertise building on it. And so I remember when I first, uh, one of my first jobs right out of college before I was in education was working in a recording studio. Yep. And some of my recordings would be like, stellar and every once in a while you know, particularly if it's you know i have like 200 bucks and want to record five songs you're like, there's only so much we can do with yeah. studio time you mm -hmm. know in, in that amount of time it's gonna be rushed and sound oh, yeah. good um you know so kind of that is a given but also that's letting myself off the hook a bit sometimes it just wouldn't sound great yep. and part of it is that i didn't have the expertise yet to know like with this person this microphone works. Yes. You know, with this yeah, person, exactly. that, you know, with this guitar amp, this microphone in this location Well, works, and we right? were going back to an era where you couldn't just even log on to a forum and immediately say, hey, what's the best microphone for this? Oh, for sure. This was before that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this is like the, the weird way this has moved so rapidly that it went from this almost uh, learn by rote, like these audio engineers treated we're treating this like um almost a religion that you had to come in and pray by their altar for nine years before they allowed you to know how the compressor really worked um and I mean, it was really like you know i was an intern at this recording yeah. studio for two years basically and got paid in studio time and could mm -hmm. just during the day i could just watch them work 
Yeah. And that's how you learned being yep. an apprentice. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And it was so um, the so the just the fact that we started to have the social ability to just log in somewhere and say, hey, guys, what's the best kind of microphone for a high voice? <laughs> <laughs> and and then of course everybody disagrees, but you can see that what other people are thinking. Rather than having your one mentor, who you kind of were hoping was the guy who actually knew what was happening, um, and then we get to this place where now these AI have all that information programmed into them, and so it's like, what's the point? Like, and obviously the expertise and the knowledge to be able to do it and control it on our end, that's always the big thing, right? When we start to say, well, what's the difference between an AI generated composition and a human composition in the end, the AI, um, they still don't have that unity of vision that where as a human, we can look at it and say, I want to create this, the AI, they, they're just kind of using what they know, which is based on how little we know how to teach them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and in generative AI, it's really just, here's a massive data set yep. and it's just, guessing the next character to give you mm-hmm. you know yeah and it's just really uh well-made guesses <laughs> it's gotten very very good at that yeah and so it's uh, it's a very interesting thing to look at how this can for in an educational situation allow students to get around the learning curve um it doesn't replace the vast experience and knowledge and dedication that it takes to really master the craft but it does mean that a student can walk in and use something like uh, GarageBand with a couple additional plugins to be able to create some really amazing music um, in a really relatively limited amount of time and space. And hopefully that's something that would be inspiring enough to make that student feel a desire to actually pursue this to a place of not just uh, fun, but understanding. Well, and if we put our teacher hats on for a bit and, and start to throw some teacher lingo at people, you know, as we start to scaffold those learning experiences, it used to be you'd have to either really give them a tightly controlled step-by-step thing together or we build a thing together or let me kind of fill out most of a template and then share it with you. And then students would do that, but there was less ownership. And so now that, Mm -hmm. that barrier to, wow, this is my own thing that sounds good, is so much lower. And so what's so exciting about that. And I would say to to a lesser extent to all types of content areas is that the ability to go from like, I don't really know a thing to, wow, look at this thing I just made is is getting faster and easier. And so much so much of what we do with students is shuttle them from (laughs) these like made up things called a schedule yeah go from this to this to this to this and that asks a lot of students and it's also really hard to dive deep into Mm -hmm. projects and so if we can get things done faster it's going to let students feel more success and then you know those students that might have been like "Ah, i don't i don't know this music thing might have them go oh like look what i just made look what i just made and then they go on to become medical professionals, civil engineers, all those other things. And they have a richer, more um, like kind of I own it, you know, yeah. foundation. Um, I, you know, I would actually say that um, with the sixth grade class this last quarter, um, when we got into their music unit, we kind of had that experience. We started out just looking at percussion and we just talked about percussion around the world. Basically, we looked at the students who were in the room and said, where is your heritage in the world? And let's look at what kind of percussion happens in that place. 
And of course, there's percussion music with every culture in the world. So we got an interesting mix of things. Then we started into a project of just kind of doing some reading music. And we were using um, just buckets and pencils and just making our own little bucket beats as a class. Then from there, once they had some understanding of the grammar of the language and such, I put them on the task of composing their own bucket ensembles. And so they did that. And then the next evolution of this was we then took GarageBand out on their iPads and we went over sampling. And everybody was tasked with creating some of their own samples. And then we went over creating a beat. And so then we were utilizing sampling and beats. And before we knew it, in about two weeks' time, all these kids were very passionate about their composition and the ownership that was happening. As these kids, they could not wait to share what they had. And if when we didn't have enough time to get through all of them, they said, well, then we need to, do, we need to finish that tomorrow. Uh, wow, okay. People didn't care about <laughs> when it was, uh, I remember similar projects in school, but it was like you say, dictated, where it was, yes. you will yep. do this, you will do that, it will happen like this, and this is the assignment. We all felt like we were just being walked through uh, <laughs> some exercise, and it just that's all it felt like. Like being done to you. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Yes. And watching the ownership happen, and then... I get these kids, they're still emailing me, the this class is over now, it ended. And they're still emailing me revisions of these songs. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, that's really, the, you know, that's the thing where these tools, as it makes it more and more accessible to the students, we get a chance to see that inspiration. And that's really, I think, where even in a learning area with music, AI lets us move the students in a way that is still energetic and creative rather than monotonous and drudgerous. Yes, there it is. All right, so I got to head to carpool duty in a minute. I want to know, for people that are listening, one thing that you can say, like they can jump into this, the one that you just reminded me of that uh, this will be my share, is an app called Loopy HD. Mm. So if you don't want to jump way into GarageBand, that feels like a bit much. Loopy is a great way to make your own, you know, tap on a bucket, tap on a cardboard box loop it and you can just build on that and it mm. becomes a, a really surprisingly simple and visual way to make music particularly yeah. if you've not done this professionally how about you um you know i i just keep coming i can't say enough about what GarageBand is as an educational tool um i have watched it be successful recording production software uh, midi production software i've had um just every aspect of it it just it works so fluidly and on so many different devices that um i just keep using it <laughs> yeah no it's it's phenomenal i always thought about it as as a primarily mac os piece of software but GarageBand on iPad is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I've begun actually using GarageBand on my phone for my own podcast, including mm -hmm. intro music, outro music. All oh, yeah. And just as a pocket amazing. recording tool, yes. it's superior to any other recording device. And then, of course, we can be able to implement these plugins from a company like Isotope. It's exciting. Yep. Exciting times. All right. It's time for me to head to carpool duty. Derek, thanks for joining us. Yeah. And uh, we should be looking for... Oh man, we got too many things going on. We got 13 with the musical at the high school, Beauty and the Beast Jr. with the middle school. It's all going on. That's awesome. Well, great. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye.
Yeah, thank you. <laughs>